What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. We've got a good one for you today. Was Josh Harris drunk on football? James Harden just gets fined. Eagles cancel practice with the Colts because it got a little bit too chippy. And we have Bob Wankel on at 12.30 Talk Everything Phillies. Let's bring on Kevin Kincaid right now to react to the James Harden $100,000 fine, as Woj just reported, because the league's purposes were Harden's comments that he would never be a part of an organization that included Maury. It touched on the league's rules concerning public trade demands. That's why he got fined $100,000. I was very surprised by this. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was too. So the original tweet says the NBA is finding the Sixer star, Sixer star James Harden $100,000 for his recent comments referring to franchise president Daryl Morey as a liar. Sources tell ESPN. But then there was a follow-up tweet that you were referring. He, he quoted that saying that it was – they were framing it, it as because, like, yeah. like a – they interpreted that as like a trade demand. Okay, here it is. Uh, for the league's yeah. purposes on the fine – Harden's comments that he would never be part of an organization that included Maury played a bigger part in the fine. Sources said it touched on the league's rules concerning public trade demands. So they're making the the assumption that because he opted in and is under contract with the Sixers, that then going to China and saying he would never play for Daryl Morey amounts to a trade. Trade trade. Okay. All right. Which I know Um, Ben Simmons ended up getting fined and we took away his money and then we gave some of it back and everything. Is this a new CBA rule again? Because it's like, this just feels hypocritical when it comes to, when it comes to Ben Simmons, why wasn't Ben Simmons fined when he was basically requesting a trade? We I mean, not basically he was requesting a trade. It's weird. Um, yeah. Weird. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, Keep in mind too. James Harden just sold 10,000 bottles of wine in China in five seconds. So this is a drop in the bucket for him right now. <laughs> did he need, but I hear that, like, I mean, did he need help selling wine in China? Like, do you think that was on, the only reason he sold that much is because he ripped the Yankee, you know, the disgusting Yankee who criticized the it, the government over there? Is that, is that the sole reason that he sold as much wine as he did? It definitely did not hurt. It definitely did not hurt. I mean, I imagine if you if he went over to Russia and and criticized the same thing and did something, you know, anti NATO, I'm pretty sure he would probably sell, you know, another ten thousand dollar or ten thousand bottles of wine at a thirty dollar price point. That would be like Homeland, where Brody went over to Iran and went on television over there ripping the United States, and then he was like a celebrity. It's kind of a deep uh, deep pool for people who watched uh, watched Homeland with Carrie Matheson. I uh, never got into Homeland. What's the actress's name? Carrie Matheson. Uh, Claire Claire Danes. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah she's a good, great crier. Yeah, very good crier. Yeah, it's a good series, by the way. It was like a 24, but if it took place 10 years later. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, 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 uh, I'm happy to see that, I guess, is my reaction to the James Harden thing. Because I think, I think like from a general viewpoint, I think the NBA needs to cut down on just the crazy, sh- all the crazy shit. Right. Like the era of player empowerment. I think you and I were kind of on the same page thinking like, hey, it's getting a little out of control here. Let's like kind of reel it in. And like, you know, you got contracts, you know, you can't just have players saying all this crazy shit and trying to force their way out and do all this stuff. I mean, if you're looking under the general viewpoint of like, hey, you got to get this stuff under control, then I I don't have any problem with the fine or their reasoning behind it. You know, Um, what does this mean? The investigation's over. (laughs) 
is, is the investigation over now? The investigation that the NBA opened up against the Sixers just on Saturday? Like, is, is the investigation over now? I mean, he yeah, Woj doesn't say that he never really s- specified if it was or wasn't. I mean, I guess we could assume it is, right? Because they wouldn't level a fine and then keep going or, or what more what more is there to do right i mean you you levy the punishment after the investigation is complete right after sal pal has put on his kinesaw mountain landis pants and done a forensic investigation into into what happened in in china you know or, uh, so china. anyone that missed it because you have lies and you don't spend them on social media and 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 reading about the sixers like me and kevin have uh have done uh, Woj did tweet and then wrote an article on ESPN.com over the weekend saying the NBA has launched an inquiry. I guess that's, that's a, 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 a smart word for, for investigation. No one wants to call it an investigation, but an inquiry okay. is, uh, is a more digestible, I guess. Just inquiring, yeah. Okay. Yeah, into the circumstances surrounding 76ers and James Harden. Public admonishment of the franchise's president of basketball operations. The league office is believed to be pursuing an understanding of whether Harden was portending a 2023-24 holdout in violation of the league's collective bargaining agreement or had been referencing past contract discussions with the organization that might constitute salary cap circumvention, sources said. So then the next okay. paragraph, which kind of, I thought, made this a really dumb investigation, was... Nevertheless, Harden has privately indicated that his public comments calling Maury a liar on Monday morning had only been a response to Maury ending trade discussions with an expectation that Harden would start the season with the Sixers, sources said. Well, I mean, the investigation of what we what we thought originally the NBA was going to step in and look into was whether or not Daryl Maury promised James Harden something. Like yes. a, like another tampering uh, adjacent kind of thing, right? And you know whether and with the understanding of like, hey, that kicked off this standoff, right? You know, what, what did he promise him something under the table, like an illegal, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of thing? I mean, I'm because that that part is that there's been no ruling or fine or any kind of reporting on that half of it, correct? Right. So maybe the hardened half of it is over that particular part of these this uh, inquiry. Yeah, but it goes back to also that like we were talking about last year when they investigated the Daniel House thing and they investigated the PJ Tucker thing. They took everybody's phone, Mm -hmm. they took everybody's laptops and stuff. They all got into everybody's emails and stuff. You think there would be at least a little bit of a uh, an inkling or a little bit of evidence that there was a handshake, wink, wink deal, unless of course. You look at Josh Harris, the way he shook that hand last night. If that, that I don't think that constitutes a deal. Now, when you're doing a deal with people, does a dead fish handshake really seal it? Can, can that hold up in a court of law? Can this can this little this little uh, nub this like the, the guy from the movie too? Yeah, like, this is my this is the handshake hand. that they gave Harden. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give you a long-term contract. A little, a little, yeah, it's a little. <laughs> what, what do you think of old Josh over there? You think he was yeah. a couple pops deep? You think he's going Natty Bows in the suite, just enjoying the uh, enjoying yeah, the 23-0 cool. Raven streak coming to an end? I mean, listen, the dude. It, <laughs> just keep this on loop for a little bit, Craig. Yeah, just keep it on loop. Uh, so, yeah, James, the, you, uh, you, know, oh. you take a little less money this year, and we'll bring in P.J. Tucker and Daniel House, and then we'll uh, – and then we'll give you a, a max contract coming out of it. Let's shake on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, a little, 
<laughs> Josh cool. Harris gets so he gets so much he gets so much shit, man. I um <laughs> he de- he deserves some of it. He deserves <laughs> he, he, he deserves a lot of it. If you if you can't if you, that's that's on the PR people of the commies. All right, if you know this guy is not going to be able to handle a two minute hit, that's on you, man. Like that's that that yeah, but you but. Right, but here's the thing. Like, so are you not gonna? Because we know that Josh Harris is kind of awkward. He's not a great public speaker. Um, that, that's why when people were saying like, "Oh, he must be drunk or he must be like on edibles or something," like, no, he's hundred percent completely sober. Like, that's what that's now he sure. how he normally. Is. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 exactly. Kev, Kev, you you've had a you've had a couple beers that like you know maybe a happy hour or something like that, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, I got to be good. The boss is here and everything. So you have like two beers, maybe you have a third one, and that puts you over a little bit, and you're like, ooh, I'm a little loosey goosey now. I, uh, well, I mean, you know. yeah, but I mean, if that's true, I also know that he he is also all very awkward in in public. Anyway, I mean, like that's just his his thing. He's not, you know, he comes up, he does these press conference every every once in a while. You can tell he's very uncomfortable. Like he's a, he's a money guy. Like he's he's a hedge fund of capital, whatever the fuck. They How have, do capital. you cut deals then? How do you become a billionaire cutting deals, taking working in private equity, taking companies and building them to the top and selling them off and everything? Like you do at the end of the day, have to have that dinner or have to have that sit down meeting. Like does yeah, does does yeah. Josh, old Josh Harris have someone you know who does all the talking? They're like, hey Josh, you're gonna sit this one out. You just say three words. Yes, no, and and maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that type of communication behind closed doors or just just doing a business deal or something like that is a lot easier than like going in front of a uh, yeah 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 <laughs> photoshopped by Craig. <laughs> I had to be Josh Harris. Yeah, um, it it uh it's it, you know it's different than going up going out in public and speaking in front of millions of people on on Monday Night Football or uh, you know addressing reporters on the record when they're asking you questions about like James Harden and stuff that's different i mean some people just are not good public speakers i'll always i mean say what you will about Josh Harris but i'll i'll back him up on that because like not everybody's good at that you know i mean you and i talk for a living so we can get on here and do this you know and anybody who comes from like an English background, a journalism background or whatever, you go you go in front of a camera and you interview people all the time. You do man on the street stuff. I mean, can you imagine Josh Harris do a man on the street? Like, you Maybe. know, some just not natural to these people. You know, like like I would be I couldn't tell you what a what a mutual fund is. You know, I mean, does that make make me an idiot? I don't know. Maybe. But I mean, it's his world and our world. I mean, the two worlds are different. But I mean, the, the commies option is to what to not to have him do no media at all. You know, so you risk him looking awkward versus like, oh, he's not talking to anybody. You know, but I mean, Joe Buck is a hand talker. Like he makes a lot of gestures and stuff. The hand was kind of dangling out there a little bit. You know, <laughs> stop so it. Do not. It was dangling. Look not, at it. Bring it back up. Let's look at this angle. Yeah, it was. It was kind of hanging out there. Do know? not. Do not stick up for Josh Harris. This was ultimate billionaire. I don't know how to act in a public setting. Give me the little claw. You <laughs> look like hey, a watch claw. Again. Watch the hand come out here. Yeah. He's not even looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> what this, what the, Kev, what this doesn't show is he was up there for already like three plays at this moment. Like, like yeah. Troy realized that Troy's like, what the hell did yeah. I just, oh, no, did we lose Troy's the yeah. best. Oh, the claw. Yeah, there he goes. <laughs> it's a great meme. It'll be, it'll be a, it'll be a fantastic meme for, for the rest of time. Yeah. But uh, but we're gonna be our so our philosophy is we can just kill Harris for any commie stuff that he does. Cause he's a it's a rival team, right? Eagles route now. We're gonna kill him like we killed Snyder. Like we're not gonna be like, oh, he's the Sixers owner, so we're gonna go easy on him, right? Like he's fair game. 
No, he's definitely a fair game. I think he's fair game right now with the Sixers the way they are too. I mean, they have six centers on the team, and they have a guy that uh, a, a point guard that doesn't want to show up, you know, for the second time in three years. I think. Uh, I think Sixers re- are fair game. The whole relitigate the whole Josh Harris fucking thing. I mean, everybody thinks he's the worst, the worst owner in the history of the world. Well, that's. I mean that 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 Howard Eskin tweet about him being the worst of his lifetime. It's like Howard, like Leonard Toast wasn't was trying to move the Eagles to Phoenix because he had a crippling gambling addiction. Like let's let's be a little bit, you know, sensical. Josh let's, Harris let's, may let's, not Josh Harris may not be even be the worst owner in Philadelphia currently. Uh, you know, like I mean, depending on how you feel about Comcast. I mean, can anybody sit here in the chat or anybody listening to this? in podcast form where you or Craig and anybody, can anybody make any kind of convincing argument that like Comcast is any better than HBSE right now? No, no, I don't I get, I get these, like these tweets and people like Josh Harris sucks. And like, you're, you're like bootlicking <laughs> Josh Harris. I'm like, I, well, <laughs> no, seriously, like if we're all in agreement here that like, you know, John Middleton and Je- Jeffrey Lurie is probably like far and away. Number one, John Middleton's number two. Um, I, yeah, because, let's because be honest. Though, before, before last year, we thought John Middleton was like a potted plant. Like we, we thought he was the potted plant. We did. And then he came out and he showed some personality. He's like pulling people up into his suite. But he, he gets down there and he talks to Bryce Harper and he convinces him to sign here. Okay. So like if we're going to assume, put those two aside and say that Lurie and Middleton are one and two or two and one or whatever, then then rant, seriously, here's a serious exercise for, for anybody, for anybody in the chat, for you, for anybody listening. Rank the full rank, Comcast, Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. And if you're a union fan who knows enough, add Keystone into the into the mix too. I mean, how would you rank those three? I, I don't think you can make. A, can anybody make a compelling argument that that Comcast or Jay Sugarman is any better than what Harris Harrison and Blitzer have done for the Sixers? And furthermore, I here's think, the thing: nobody but, would get, nobody would give a flying fuck about Josh Harris if Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, James Harden, and, and Doc Rivers didn't bottle it against the Celtics when they were up in Game Six at home. And when they were should when they should have beat the Hawks in the second round a couple years ago, if they got to one of those Eastern Conference finals, which they should have, would anybody care about Josh Harris as an owner? <laughs> is mean, Josh Harris serious? putting your two girls through daycare? No, no, I just don't think. I think like a lot of the criticism of him is just like weird. He's just an average owner. He's not some amazing owner. He's not. The, he's not Jeffrey Lurie, but he's not like he's not. Um, don't like Dolan in New York. He's not Dan Snyder. Like everybody, everybody thinks like Josh Harris like the worst owner on the on the planet. I'm like, he's not the best owner on the planet. He's like pretty typical. I mean, this is pretty average, like what most owners are across across all sports. I don't think he's any any worse than any of the other people that they deride. I don't even know if he's worse than Comcast. You're, you're not wrong. I, I think I think there's more than 50% of the NFL, 50% of the NBA that, that would like to have Josh Harris as an owner. Yeah. There's some pretty yeah. pretty shitty owners in our in our lifetimes and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Howard's got a short memory. I mean, like we've we've had some terrible owners in, in Philadelphia. I mean, and, and look at look at like what the, you know, even like look at what the Sixers were between Pat Croce and and Harris Blitzer coming in. You know, um, the, did you like the Comcast era of the Sixers? Did anybody like that? No, you Comcast know? has never been a good owner. Just yeah. because you can't have a corporation be an owner. What else? How, we got how, a lot of how stuff many people. How many people like Norman Brayman's Eagles? You know, it's like, you know, it could go on and on. We have a lot of stuff to cover um, before we get into Bob at at 1230. Eagles, Colts, joint practice cut short after big brawl. Any video out yet? Any video? No, I think this was during the portion of practice that was after that was closed to video. I think they got like the first like 15 some minutes that they're able to film. That's so dumb. 
Open the practices. Oh, I, I did. So after we talked about it on Thursday, someone did reach out to me. Did you know that mm-hmm. they signed a deal with the city saying that no more than 2,000 people can be there at a, at a practice at one time down in Novacare? Yeah, because it's surrounded by a neighborhood. I mean, that makes sense. But I mean, it's just yeah. stupid. Open practice. Uh, we did mm-hmm. have an update. I saw you updated the blog. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, we're a team. We aren't going to let anybody come into our house and take over. We'll continue to work hard each and every day. We whip their ass. I actually love that from Kenny Gainwell. Shout out to Kenny Gainwell. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think Jonathan Taylor was impressed by his future teammates is uh, coming to their coming <laughs> to his running backs uh, aid? Yeah, what side was Jonathan Taylor on? Was he on the Eagles side Ooh. or was he on the Colts side of the brawl? It's a good question. Um, you think he just stayed out of it? <laughs> he's like, he's made my yeah, fucking teammates. Yeah. I don't know. So I guess the report, right, was that um, the beat, I just saw it all hit the timeline at once. I guess uh, there was a late hit, or Jason Kelsey thought there was a late hit on Kenny Gainwell, so he just went over and blindsided a blindsided a, a Colts uh, D back, a local guy. Kid but from it sounds Seattle, right? like. Yeah. Derek Barnett hit the ball out of Anthony Richardson's hand, which is a no-no. We wouldn't like that if uh, if uh, Zaire Franklin hit the yeah, ball out of uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts' uh, hand and stuff. So, you know, yeah. there By was the way, Zaire, seven. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Zaire Franklin, local kid, right? So, But Derek Barnett probably started the whole thing, right? He probably got – he started the chippiness, right? I think we can probably go back and blame him. Yeah, know, for, it's pretty uh, easy for for to blame him. For, yeah, for Escalade. But uh, – yeah. Zaire Franklin, LaSalle guy, yeah. on Kelsey running into him to start the fracas, said, I thought the OG would look me in the eye before he hit me. Said he grew, mm. up, grew up rooting for the Eagles. Well, mm. That blood we, we might be having on Thursday. I hope Jalen Hurts isn't starting. We don't need no. we don't need guys gunning for Jalen Hurts' knees or his ankles or you know headshots no, or anything. Let's no, just, they're not let's just sit the yeah. boys. No need to do that. No need to get this going and stuff. Sit, sit everybody. Sit all the starters. Let's get to the fifty-three man roster. It's the last day of training camp. Open to the beats, I believe, or maybe open in general. Let's just get everybody. It's the last one that's open. Yeah, it's like the last one that they're able to go down and go down and watch. So uh, we got to check though with Elliot because I mean, does that count as if if practice ended early? Does it count as a win? Um, There is a seven-two records on the line. You want to be eight and two. You don't want to be seven and three. Defending their joint practice uh, championship of the world, are they seven two and one? Does it go down as a draw, like a Donovan McNabb? Like an Should we call into WIP? I have a history of calling into uh, radio stations. We can just call into WIP and try to get them on the line. See if Elliot's there. I was listening to Shasky and uh, and uh, Bonte Hill this morning. Shasky sounds like uh, like uh, Joe Rogan a little bit. Hmm. You notice that? Were you like, were you listening to him on hold, or did you just put the phone I, down like off to the side? I did. I did listen to him on hold. Um, yeah. They were uh, well. Any, anyone that didn't see it last night, you guys know the guys. Ninety-five-seven, the game. Bonte Hill and Shasty. They they've just been the ones that have been just railing against the Eagles. All of them. They've just been railing against the Eagles more than more than anyone. So uh, you know what? After the <laughs> after the huge brawl that happened on Saturday, which was the biggest video I think from the internet this weekend. I was like, you know what? Maybe they'll talk about it. I'll go listen to it. So I listened to the last hour of their show, and all they wanted to talk about was Sam Darnold versus Trey Lance for QB number two. Like it was, it was far and away like Block Purdy is our guy. All they wanted to talk about was who has the QB two position. One of them even had Trey Lance going to the CFL to get more reps. It was just, it was wild. It was just a wild. I'm just glad that the sports radio in Philadelphia, the sports radio in San Francisco, they're just all an amalgamation of themselves. So I said, you know what? This is kind of hypocritical. I'm going to call in and I'm going to talk to them about the fight. So that's what we did. And if you want to play the, uh, we can play the sound here. 
Craig, if you if, wait, if, if you want, if you want to go way back. Yeah, yeah. Niners fans, fists are in mid. College, San Francisco. What's happening? Hey, one positive from the weekend is 49ers fans' fists are in mid-season form. Why aren't we talking about that right now? Cool, Philly fan. Oh, what else you got? What else you got? Somebody fought at the football game. I don't know what happened. This is what I would say. Those people are criminals. Yeah, they are. Those people are lowlifes. Well, well, I would just say to stop getting so liquored up. Anybody who fights at any game is an idiot and should have... Didn't Shassi just call us lower-life scumbags more than anyone a month ago? Didn't Shassi just do that? Didn't he just do that a month ago? And then they're fighting in a preseason game? I mean, that's low life scumbag stuff right there. You, that's a that's hypocrite. You guys didn't even talk about it all all, all show. Tell, tell you know what I'm not even. Gonna say. No, come ahead. on. Oh, you got something else. Anything else? Anything else? Got something else? Yeah, anything Go else? ahead. Come on, keep going. That's I mean that seems pretty hypocritical. Pretty low life scumbag stuff. How long did you wait on hold? No, nah, it was like 15 minutes. The show ain't that good. <laughs> Wait, 15 minutes you can't get back <laughs> e40 in hey hey don't you guys got a gel on that guy they've they had a gel at veteran stadium they had a gel underground oh pretty sure God. they still do <laughs> um yeah wait so they so, so they put their sh- is that from like youtube they put their show on like uh their show's on youtube like yeah their show's on youtube yeah. right now if anyone wants to go over and call i think they've got they're from six to ten so and they're on the west coast so they've got another 37 minutes uh, if anyone wants to go in and, and then oh, talk about yeah. the the fights and everything, so yeah, so huh. Kyle from San Francisco just Shasky's doing some guerrilla journalism. I don't know about Shasky's get up there. He wore a, a San Francisco 49ers jersey and hat combination. There's got to be a certain cutoff when you're allowed to personalize your own jersey, and it Does might it be his, it have his name on the back of it. <laughs> his name on the know. back of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you just, ever. I don't think you can ever do that, right? I don't think there is a cutoff. Maybe like fourteen. Just insane divorce dad energy out of yeah. Shasty. It's yeah. just, it's tough. It's, it was tough. I knew I had him. I, I thought they had me in the beginning, and then once he asked me how long I waited on hold, I was like, ah, your mind hook, line, and sinker. Unfortunately, that's just radio host one hundred and one. How, how much anything. did you wait? How long did you wait online? Yeah. It's like well, I waited fifteen minutes. And I can multitask because yeah. I'm not a fucking caveman. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I said I, I noted in the story. I put an addendum in your story. I thought he looked like the the guy from the Pretty Fly for a White Guy video from the Offspring. It's a good pull. The, uh, corny, the corny white dude. I don't know if I can say wigger. Can I say wigger these days. I think you can. Somebody, somebody complained to me. Somebody sent an email to Kyle one time complaining that I used the word wigger in a uh, in an article. But we it was never like derogatory in Boyertown. So I don't know. There's always I, one. I, I yeah I learned then that it's a problematic word allegedly so but yeah we usually just use it to mean like the dorky white guy wearing like you know chain necklaces and stuff you know white guy white guy thought he was black you know yeah Joe Chastity where you're wearing you know your customized San Fran jersey also Jason Dumas apparently hosts a show at the station and I think we can just say fuck that guy I mean he was the one who lied about remember the organized groups in Camden waiting for Ben Simmons. Like they're all yeah, like they were going to descend, descend on Camden. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, apparently Kate Scott was involved in that show at one point. Like she yep. was on with like Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky. Cause I felt when I was doing the story last, last year, I found the graphic that had her in it with the two of them. And so I put it on there and I'm like, Oh shit, I don't think she's on the show anymore. So I think I had like the wrong, I think I had like an outdated picture or something like that, but these guys are corny, man. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, again, it's like what we were saying from the beginning though. I mean, Cal- California fans, more there's I I guarantee that if you had like 
some journalism organization like Pointer go through every single friggin' story about fan fights in the United States or whatever, I guarantee that the majority would be in California. Yeah, but at the worst, the worst ones are in Giants between Dodgers fans. Like Dodgers. how many times do we see? Holy shit! Like so we see people so many people who don't like really fight. Was like San Diego Chargers fans because like what are you going to get in? What are you going to get angry about in San Diego? It's the most beautiful place in the world with the with the best weather. It's like the only yeah, ones I never, never yeah. saw videos and everything. And then I just you know I you wrote both the stories on the blog and I never really went after these guys because first I just didn't care they were sports radio guys across the mm-hmm. across the uh, the country and I was just like you know they came here they paraded themselves through Jetro. They went the opposite way of the exit with all 49ers gear and were like, oh, my God, these Eagles fans are so mean while they got cursed, curses hurled at them and beers hurled at them. It's like, what do you expect when you you know, parade yourself during the NFC Championship game in the playoffs? It's going to happen in any Northeast um, stadium lot or anything. And then like yeah. for him to just go off and call us like lower life scumbags and stuff when there's when there's headlines out there like 49ers fan murders friend instead of paying Super Bowl debt or. 49ers fans shoots two after game like there are so many examples out there of just those fans being pieces of shit it's it, it, it didn't make any sense and I always thought like the link has been so much better than what we what we had at the 700 level in the vet I think shout out to the Eagles I think they've done a great job with uh, kind of just morphing that well, I was trying to, yeah, I mean, look at the headlines, like fan in coma, can, uh, 49ers fan convicted of killing friend, uh, reward increased in death of 49ers fan who was stabbed. Yeah, I mean, like that's like legitimate shit. What's the worst thing that happens in an Eagles game? A bunch of like drunks like stumble all over each other fighting and then they, you know, everybody grows up the next day. I mean, like it never escalates to that level of violence here. A lot of you grappling. Know, like, Big grappling. Scene. Yeah, a lot of like clinching, you know, a lot of like up against the fence, like, like Holly Holm. You know, um, but I, you know, it's funny because when those guys came here originally, like they're, they're an Odyssey station, you know, so they were broadcasting from mm-hmm. um, 2400 market and the program director out there at that station is the guy who used to run 97.5, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Hagen. So Matt's in charge over there. Station does pretty well, but you know, cause part of me is thinking like, oh, I wonder if they're just like, they're staying in Philly. They're trying to soup it up and do some like synergy, uh, you know, WIP a, or something. Yeah. I can, I, yeah, a little bit, but like, I, I didn't, I can honestly couldn't tell like if the WIP guys were into it. It, it all because like there's that one moment where they were like walking through the hallway or something or like al morgani or somebody or no uh conklin like yelled at him or something like that i don't know so it was like some, somewhat contrived but again it's just it's just based on like you gotta do a radio bit do a radio bit that has like something to stand on and not some like not some fake you know premise that like philly's the worst thing in the world because i mean it's been disproven over and over and over again you know Standing I mean? out. we were arguing three weeks ago we were too soft you know have we gotten too soft, you know, with the Trey Turner kind of thing? Trey right. Turner, who once who said on the broadcast from uh, Williamsport that he wanted to meet Elon Musk, you know, which have, I guess set some people off for whatever reason, you know. But yeah, I don't know. Send people to Dalesman. Yeah, I know. I know. Some of the Phillies uh, fan sites were not really into that, but I don't know. I just like, yeah, I, that Bonte Hill guy seems like a pretty straightforward host, but the Shasky guy just bothers me for some some reason. Nah, yeah. I, I think bon, I think Bonte sucks just as much as the other guy does. He wanted to put us on hit list and he called us fake gangsters. That just kind of was an oxymoron. He put us on like, like a lesser like Shasky, Shasky reminds me of like a lesser Joe Rogan. If Rogan was like a divorced dad um that is son's baseball game in northeast philly and it didn't take dmt one more thing before we get into bobby uh bobby wanks devon givens leaving 97.5 you had the scoop on that one what's he doing oh yeah 
Yeah, uh, yeah. So Devon's out. He's staying in the Philadelphia area. He's going to keep doing Philly sports. Um, he'll probably announce uh, in the coming weeks where he's going. Yeah, uh, I'm secret venture. Yeah, and um, I'm sitting on this story, and hopefully nobody scoops it from me. But uh, there's a it's it's going to be a different media outlet um, coming to Philadelphia, and and uh, they're going to make some announcements soon. Are you saying there might be other Philadelphia personalities going here? There could be, yes. Okay. All right. All right. How's Beasley feel? Beasley's got to be pissed off that people, this new venture is poaching talent and shit. Well, I mean, I, I from my understanding, they've this new venture uh, allegedly uh, made a lot of uh, inquiries, you know, to a lot of different people at a lot of different places, and some decided to go and some decided not to go. But you know, it's kind of a tricky thing right now where they're trying to finalize all this stuff and roll it out. So something to keep an eye out on. Again, hopefully I did not give ever just give our competitors the story. Um, but no. we'll see. Yeah. Was there anyone yeah. at Crossing Broad that was reached out to? No comment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no fucking comment on that. No. Let's get Bob Wagle on. Get Bobby on here. Get Bobby on here. Yeah. I just wanted to stir up some bullshit today. What's up, Bobby? How are you? Thanks for joining the program. I haven't seen you in a while. It was me, actually, that they reached out to. Uh, yes. Oh, Kevin, I don't know if you know this, but I'll be uh, I'll be lobbying for a raise here in the coming weeks. So, uh, well, don't come to me. Like you got to go somewhere else for a counter offer. I don't control any of that <laughs> stuff. You know. I got no control yeah, over anything. I just blog and talk. So, what's going on, everybody? How are we doing on this uh, fine Tuesday? Is this a rational Tuesday? What is this? I think we uh, now nah, rational Tuesday doesn't start for another couple of weeks when uh, everyone wants to freak out about Sean Desai's too high safety. Oh, That's it's coming, dude! It's going to be fucking brutal. By the way, so they're going to give up like a terrible touchdown in week one, and it, it's like uh, you know, you know, they got to go out and sign two safeties, you know. It's gonna be great. How are you feeling about the uh, the Eagles Eagles season? No linebackers, no safeties. Maybe potentially they just got practice cut today, uh, but the boys are humming. There's a team. They're united. Maybe Jonathan Taylor's coming. How are you feeling? I feel pretty good about it. I'll, I'll, I'm going like 11 and six. I think that schedule's tough. I think that there's going to be uh, some problems. There, it's it's not going to be as easy as last year, but I think that uh, 11 and six probably wins the East and and they do it. That's that's my where, guess. Where are you most nervous at the back half? Yeah, I, I, I do wonder about the, the coordinator changes, I think more so defensively, and that's not an endorsement of your boy Jonathan Gannon. I just yeah, think uh, sounds like it. it's a lot of turnover, and they do have issues in the middle there in the back end of the defense, at least up the middle of it. So, yeah, I, I think that there's a little bit of an issue there. And, you know, guys stayed healthy offensively last year. Are they going to be able to replicate that? And I just think that the ebb and flow of that schedule is going to be a little difficult, and you're going to get everybody's best shot. I know it's all cliche, but, I mean, it's cliche for a reason. So, I, I like them. I think they're going to have a really good year, and I, I kind of expect them to, to ultimately end up in the NFC Championship game, but I just don't think it's going to be this dominant march that we found ways to bitch about last year, the, that we found ways to get anxious about last year. If you thought that was bad, wait until you see this. Speaking of Rational Tuesday, one thing we're not going to do on this program, I will tell you now, is that if defense comes out and struggles, we're not going to go on a Q-Gan on like, oh, look what you let go of, victory tour, because he lost. they lost five fucking starters, you know? So like we if we did that we would look corny. You when know, you say we, do you, I mean you and I probably. <laughs> I, I, there's a guy over on the left side of the screen right now that I think has a differing opinion on that. Well, I mean he ignored the the no Sixers mandate like it, it didn't even exist. So I can't trust him with anything. But wouldn't that be corny though? Like all you know the people who are Gannon supporters like me, 
like, you know, they get cooked. Say they get cooked in the first couple of games. There you go. Q Gannon. Say they get cooked in the first two games. And then I go on Twitter and say, well, see, I told you losing Gannon was going to be a big deal. Okay. They lost both of their safeties. They lost both of their linebackers. They lost Javon Hargrave. They lost almost 50%. You know, they lost what's five out of 11, you know. Yeah, but you, you know, it's it's important. It's important for them to at least show some positive signs early on. And I mean, the context couldn't be any worse if if they don't, because you're getting a bad Patriots offense that has no wide receivers. Yeah. So you should be able to control the line of scrimmage. You should be able to, even with questions in your secondary, lock up that group of receivers. It's, I mean, I know that they have a new coordinator. Where they feel good about Bill O'Brien or whatever, but give me a break. And then. In the second week, you get what? Minnesota, correct? At home again? And yeah. they destroyed them. They destroyed that offense last season. Same situation, primetime week two. Justin so, Jefferson did not did nothing. Did nothing. I mean, that was the Darius Slay, you know, peak game right there. And so if they struggle against that offense in the exact same spot, I mean, there's going to be questions. It's just what this that's what we do. I mean, as, as much as I try to project some rationality and fairness in baseball coverage, I mean, I'll be right there round against them if, if they don't perform well in those first two games. It's true. And I mean, you see games like the two against the Nationals, you know, Friday and uh, and Sunday. They lose. They stink. And then the last night when the offense clicks, like, I think people just want to know, Bob, like, what, what you think, how good is this team? Like, how far can they, you think, realistically go with the horses they got right now? I mean, it's it's a great question, and it's just like it depends which day of the week I guess you ask the ask the question, right? Like they are volatile, like they are very up and down, and, and I think it's all about the offense. Like where I felt better about the Phillies when they were winning in June was that they did something that was elite. Like their bullpen was protecting leads late, and the starting rotation was really good for for a good four to six week stretch. Right now, like the Phillies don't do anything consistently well. They're not getting consistent starting pitching. They're not getting consistent performances in the back end of the bullpen. The offense is either having these breakout games or they they can't do anything. Like you see Sunday night, and to be shut out by Trevor Williams for six innings just isn't good enough. So, you know, I think to answer your question, what ultimately happens, where does this thing ultimately go? I wouldn't want to play them as opponent as an opponent in the postseason, but I, I just think that they're so erratic and they don't do anything in an elite level that I can't bank on them to just yeah, it's red October. They're gonna they're gonna beat the Braves again. They're gonna go and, and play the Dodgers and beat them. Like I don't see this team in the World Series, but I do think there's only three teams in the National League that can get to the World Series. And that would be Los Angeles, Atlanta, and the Phillies. Like the Phillies do have that like wild card, you just don't know what's gonna happen type of type of dynamic to them they do have that that premier talent and if that talent wakes up for a 14 day stretch like yeah i mean things could get weird i just i can't bet on that though how nice was it seeing uh gabe kapler in the dugout last night bring back good memories i miss gabe you know uh you're a gabe guy i was a gabe guy i was a gabe guy in that i just felt like the city uh blamed him for pretty much all of the organization's shortcomings. And when you go back and if you're being honest with yourself, like you look at this lineup that they have now and the names that are a part of it, I know certain guys are struggling and they're not having the years you expected and all of that, but just go back and like pull a random lineup from 2018, pull a random lineup from 2019. And you just see like, there's just no depth to these lineups. And the fact that they were even in postseason contention for as long as they were, I, I think it's sort of a credit to to Kapler and, Look at this Giants team. Like, you watched them last night. The team stinks. I heard on the radio broadcast last night that 11 Giants have made their major league debut this season. And we can pick apart the Phillies all we want, but 
going into last night for that Giants team to only be two games behind the Phillies, given what they have, they have two starting pitchers in that rotation right now. A lot of bullpen games. I mean, I get why people didn't like him. And the Phillies needed to move on. Like, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have moved on. But I just think that maybe we we piled on him a little bit more because of things that had nothing to do with the way he actually managed a baseball team. Yeah, because Philly just didn't understand coconut oil masturbation, you know. He was like, never he was never going to overcome that. He was never going to overcome the first game with Nola, you know, pulling him early. What was it, five yeah. innings or whatever down in Atlanta? Oh, yeah. yeah, and uh, like he just kind of was never able to overcome that. And they weren't good enough, and they didn't win enough for him to overcome that. So I think it was definitely best that everyone went in their their different directions and everything. And you know, players out in San Francisco, I think, know that he's a smart guy, but he's still running into the same tension points out there. There's some, been some pushback about the way that he uses that pitching staff and guys are frustrated. Fans are frustrated out there. So, I mean, it's the same thing. Well, and there's so many, you know, we talk about asterisks and caveats and stuff like that. And Kapler leaves and he goes on to win 107 games and, you know, become a NL manager of the year. And then, you know, people say like, well, he hasn't won a playoffs series out there. Well, no shit. Cause the Dodgers won 108. You know, and that, that was the only reason for that. I mean, but it was kind of similar to this year because he was just doing more with less. I mean, nobody expected Gabe Kapler to take that that team of like, you know, they had some veterans who were like, well, we thought past their prime, you know, and for him to kind of cobble that together and, and put it together, I thought was incredible. But it's just like, I don't know. I wonder if those same people who were, you know, who couldn't stand Kapler five years ago, how many of them were like the Trey Turner standing ovation? people now like was it just the back end of the crusty like angelo era or or did or did something completely change over the last couple of years to the point where like i don't know maybe if gabe kapler came here now it would be different i think there's two things with with gabe kapler one you know the team hadn't won for so long and then he shows up and he has this like sideshow element to him right and i think a lot of fans in the city were like come on like i just want my baseball team back and now this guy comes in he has all these eccentricities it's unorthodox the way that he managed a team. Like, and, and I think that there was just some pushback to that. And here's my, my kind of definitive take on, on Gabe Kapler. If he were just managing baseball players, if he were just managing them as like puzzle pieces, the way that you would run it through a computer program, like it, he just took matchups and took the numbers and took the likely outcomes. Like, I think that he's really good and I think he's really smart. And I think that he does to a degree get the most out of, of talent and he's able to overcome some deficiencies on a roster. The problem is, is that he manages his players like they're robots. And ultimately I think that there's a human element of it that gets tired of him. And I don't think you get that same type of buy-in on the coach and on the staff, the way that you see with like a Rob Thompson. So like you can, you can see some criticisms of the way Rob has handled certain situations this season. I know people get frustrated with the lineups. It's been pretty conservative the way that he rests players. I understand all that, but at the end of the day, like we talk about things sometimes and I think that they get exaggerated and they, they kind of become cliche, but like, it's real. This, this idea that players will run through a wall for him that like want to play for Rob Thompson, like that is so real. And, uh, you know, I just don't know that Gabe is able to kind of garner the same type of loyalty, the same type of commitment, the same type of emotional vibe. Like the Phillies running on vibes to some degree last October. Like, I just don't know if Gabe can do that. And, and, you know, he's a smart guy. Maybe he figures it out in time, but I think that's a hurdle he has to clear. Do you think they can run on the big ball, Sally? Because that's sweeping the 
that's sweeping the Phillies uh, fan base right now. And you see, the, they 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 actually showed it for the first time I can remember, like children doing it, teenagers. Do, I'm pretty sure one girl went double birds with it, which was a great, <laughs> was a great combination there, a total Philly combination. What would 2008 Bob Wankel be like if like J Roll and Chase Utley were doing big ball sellies on the uh, on the on the base pass after big hits? I mean, I feel like I mean- you'd be all aboard. I'd be walking into Wawa just like doing it to everybody passing by, right? Like it would just be a greeting. Uh, it's <laughs> the, like the it's like a physical go birds almost. The, the uh, poor teachers of the Delaware Valley this yeah. October, yeah. they are they are going to be in a torture chamber of just every kid doing big balls all over the uh, all over the recess yard. Uh, here's here's a question: Did you guys do any uh, content around the uh, Garrett Stubbs overall story? Did you guys happen to see those or what? Not I mean, yet. I saw that he bought overalls, Phillies pinstripe overalls for everybody. J.K. was wearing it after a win. Are we doing pinstripes for for wins now? Yeah, I think that that's that's what he's going for after after wins in the clubhouse. Everybody's rocking the overalls. So see if that ends up. We're gonna have people just walking all around the area this October wearing pinstriped overalls and doing a big ball celebration with nothing underneath either. It's yeah. just gonna be guys going commando with pinstripe overalls. Last October was electric. Wait until this one. Yeah, that's the thing though. That's why this team makes zero freaking sense, man. You've got people wearing pinstripe overalls after wins. You've got the big balls, marbles, dance, and everything. And you'll bring back probably dancing on my own in the playoffs, and it'll big. It'll be big there again. Like this city is just insane and it doesn't make any sense and you still have to come into philadelphia like that's probably the biggest caveat for me you have to come to philadelphia yeah you know what's interesting anthony sanfilippo actually uh made this point on our uh, podcast the other day but he was saying like if this team were to get back to the world series and win it and i think that's a big if anthony i I believe thinks the braves are going to win the world series but if the phillies were to do it we were talking about this whole thing with media this past weekend in the little mm-hmm. league. And, you know, it was a really cool moment seeing guys like Schwarber, Harper, Turner standing there. That's like $80 million of salary this season, like rooting on 12 year olds. It's, it was a cool moment. And this team has done a lot over the last year to kind of build a connection with the city. And certainly them getting to the world series is a big reason that happened. But I feel like that the, the, the fans in the city are really invested with the individuals on this team. And if they can do this again, like pull off this, nobody believed in us. We finished 15 games behind the Braves and we beat them again. And we got to the world series again and they won a championship. Like Anthony's take is that there may not be a group of athletes more beloved in the history of this city. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty intense. Cause you're talking about the broad street bullies, the 2017 Eagles, the way people feel about that team, you know, Victorino, Otley Rollins, Howard, those guys, but he might be onto something. Like, this has been really unique and a really cool experience. I, I would agree on that because there's just so much more access nowadays with social media and stuff and these profiles on everybody. I mean, I feel like Alex Coffey has a has a new story every single day that I could read about them between like Edmundo Sosa putting up uh, Love Sosa as his walk up music all the way to this pinstripe um, shit that uh, that Garrett Stubbs is getting all the way back to you know dancing on my own. It's just this could I I, I agree with and. A hundred percent. I mean, just seeing, I I couldn't imagine being 12 years old and like being at Williamsport alone and then looking up into the stands and I'm seeing Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, like guys you watch on TV every single day rooting you on like that Hellberger kid that had that huge double to tie it up. Like that's going to be a moment for him for the rest of his life. He's going to be telling everybody. I mean, his story probably trumps mostly anybody in anybody's party. 
for the yeah. rest of his life. And that goes hand in hand too with like, you know, them being able to use the Victus bats. Yeah. And, you know, just like being like, like just the general sense for, for major league baseball, like that more is more, you know, more access, more fun stuff, more new ideas and different things, you know, cause that was cool as shit. Philly's sitting there and then like, you know, um, Bryson Stott has the pencil bat that Bruce Tatum made. You know what I mean? Like, like that's just shit that people are asking for. Like more personality. You're able to connect with these guys in a way that you weren't able to before because you can, you can just uh, upload the friggin' Spotify playlist or, or something. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like these things didn't exist. It doesn't feel like 2008 was that long ago. But it was 15 it years. So it doesn't feel like 2017 was that long ago. And I'm trying to think like who who I really related to or who I really could like. You know, I, I, I like download a, a playlist. Like, what what's the what's like well, the, I mean, dog, like the dog mask thing back then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the dog mask thing was was obviously a craze. The dreams and nightmares thing was obviously a craze. Yeah. You know, those guys when they were just steamrolling teams, like October, November of that season, they were doing like line dances out, coordinated dances, bowling. You know, bowling pins in the end zone. Like yeah, yeah. the city was loved that yeah. team. And you know, but baseball, I do think because it's every night. 162 games, you see the players' faces, you feel like there's more downtime in the game, so there's more, like, storytelling, relationship building. I think you latch on to personalities a little bit more in baseball. And this team does have some pretty cool personalities. And a lot of these guys, like, you know, baseball aside, like, we could get into, like, what do you think about the pitching staff against Atlanta in a potential postseason matchup? But I will just say this, like, I'm not telling you that all, all 26 dudes in that clubhouse are awesome guys, but there are a lot of good dudes on that team that are really easy to root for from a human level. Like I know you get in there and you do the journalist thing and you just got to call it like you see it, but like from a human level, there are some really, really solid guys in there that it's not hard to, to root for some of these guys. Yeah. And I feel like I know something about all 26, at least one little tidbit about all 26, which is really cool. And then we had this, uh, Craig, if you can pull up this, uh, this codify tweet, um, that was in the docs. Uh, the average attendance so far this year versus last year's average attendance. This comes from uh, Codify Baseball. The Phillies, 10,000 more this year than they did last year. Now, how much do you think is because they're good last year? How much because people love them? And then how much do you think it's because of the pitch clock is obviously working in baseball? There's no doubt that the product has definitely been more consumable to the average fan. Like hardcore baseball fans, the games could be three hours and 30 minutes or they could be 2.30. I don't know that it matters. But it's definitely a lot easier to say like, hey, let's get down there at 6.40 on a, on a Wednesday night and we can be out of there by 9.05, 9.10. Maybe we even stop and go get a couple beers afterwards and, th- and then go home or go wherever we're going to go. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's definitely a factor, but a small one. Like, ultimately, we know this. Like, go back and look at 07, 08, 09. Like, yeah, they were pretty good in 07. They make the comeback in September. But, like, there was a little bit of a bump in the 08 attendance. It wasn't until 2009, after they won it, though, that you really saw that sellout streak go into effect. The attendance really skyrocketed. And I think that last season, they won. They get to the World Series. And – the beginning of the season it was right from the very start like even go back to april they were they were drawing big time crowds right from the very start so i think it was more about a response to last season and how fun it was in october than than it really was about the product that they were watching this year they needed to save their season when they did to keep the attendance at that level though like if they didn't get out of that hole as quickly as they did in june i don't i don't know that you'd be looking at a number quite that high but to be fair, and I have two points here. You kind of called this last year. 
um, because we were sitting there and had the discussion a million times over like, well, why isn't the ballpark full? You know, because people need to get over the hump and see and have proof that this team is for real first before they buy it. Same thing in like 2007, you know, 2000, whatever, right before the sellout street streak started, you know, like Philly fans need to at least be convinced before they take the, take the plunge. You know, I'm going down with my dad tonight. I haven't been to a Phillies game this year, but I've been to a Mets game because we, we went out with the ESNY staff and uh, my observations are twofold. Number one, the pitch clock makes it a lot more enjoyable to watch at home because the game just keeps moving. It makes it less enjoyable to watch there because it doesn't, it feels less organic. You know what I mean? There's always something, whatever. You can't just sit there and dick around. You know what I mean? Um, but that going hand in hand with that, they, they didn't need to switch a lot of these game times to 640 because the combination of moving it up the 30 minutes with the pitch clock means that I'm putting my kids down now. And then I go down to watch again. It's like the eighth inning already. Yeah. So I'm like, you you could have probably left it at like seven oh five, seven ten, or whatever, if you knew that the pitch clock was going to cut down on the game the game length this much, because like these games are ending like feel like they're ending early now. I'm a little surprised that in in April and May I kind of get it when school's still in session, trying to get kids out of there nine ten, like yeah. even I think is okay. Yeah. I'm surprised in the summer months, July August, that there have been the six forty starts. I would have thought that they would be more comfortable with the average game ending like 9.45, 10 o'clock. I know that there's like, we brought this up in uh, like our Slack chat like a month ago. And and like some of the guys with younger kids were like, it's great because my kids are getting to see more of the game now, like a, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, they're getting to see into the seventh inning. Whereas before it'd be like, all right, it's time to go to bed. It's the third inning. And like, I, I guess you can make an argument for that. Sometimes though, it is, it's funny. Like you settle down and you're like, I'm going to commit to watching a baseball game tonight. Like, I'm watching the Phillies tonight. And then it's it's 9.05 and the game's over and you're like, damn, like, now what? I think we're probably a little later than most. I think most people probably, if they have young kids, they probably put them down like 7.30 or 8. I don't know, Bob. When does when does your daughter go down? We put her down around 7.30 usually. Okay. Damn. Uh, so you're so I'm still out. She's kids going to, kids going to bed. No, She's two years old. We're probably on the later side. So our kids go down at 830. But even then, so I go downstairs. I'm like, yeah, it's in like the seventh inning already. So I, I don't, you know, and t- look, I mean, everybody's got different schedules. Everybody's got different whatever. I mean, not everybody's got kids. And I, I don't know. I just think it was the combination of those two, two things made it um, made it a little weird. But I'm, I'm, I'm more curious to go down and, and experience it tonight because like look when i was at the mets game like i didn't give a shit if the what, what the mets and the nats were doing right it was to see the staff and hang out and talk and whatever so maybe i'll pay more attention to how the flow of the game is tonight at a, at a when the result is something that i actually care about you know um apparently it's star wars night tonight i did not know that very nice yeah. very nice well i'll tell you what though um the fans have really been good all year and i do think sometimes like we talk about uh what did they call it last year? Three hours of hell or whatever they were saying mm-hmm. it was four hours of hell. Like I do think sometimes we, we like discredit what actually happens on the field. Like the Phillies got to the world series last year because they, they played well and they came up big in big spots, but like the fans were great last October. And I've obviously been to a lot of games this season, covered a lot of them, been to some as a, as a spectator. And I feel like that, you know, obviously the intensity isn't quite the same as it would be in a postseason game, but it gets a really engaged and active crowd too. Like th- this fan base has really shown up for this team this year. Um, and I think that they know it. Like, I think that they are to, to some degree. And like, we can talk about Bryce Harper being the, the king of pandering, but like, 
I do think that in his mind, like you commit to a city for over 10 years, he knew that this fan base would support a winning team. Like, I, I think a lot of these guys are very aware that they're, they're lucky that they, they get to play in front of this type of crowd on a nightly basis. Cause they go to plenty of cities where it's just not like this. That being said, I think when you get on like Twitter and you, you consume these games on a nightly basis online, it can get pretty, pretty toxic pretty quickly, but it does, you know, yeah. that's, that's yeah. more a product of 2023 and, social media than it is maybe this fan base in particular though there's, so, there's just so many games i mean and there's such a short turnaround you can't you can't avoid the kind of knee jerk like yo-yo kind of shit back and forth every night well, like, well, they just but, you know but you know what it's, it's it's really interesting you say that because i feel like that in in media now like you're you're covering a team and this is like what people want they want instant feedback and they, they want their opinions to be validated, right? So, like, when you watch a football game, like, go back to the Eagles preseason game last week. You had Eagles-Browns, and you have Trey Sermon, who right now is what on the depth chart running back? Like, four, fifth, maybe four, yeah. even? Five. Like, might make the roster, probably won't. You know, who knows? But he fumbles. And you get, like, five different Eagles beat writers, like, immediately. I think, like, Jimmy Kemsky. And I'm not calling him out because, like, I get it. And I, I agree with him, but he's like, Trey Sermon's getting cut. And you're like, like as the ball like touches the the turf at the link, like Trey, Trey Sermon's cut, and like you have this like immediate reaction, like you in football, I feel like you can do that. In baseball, fans like want you to do that, and they get frustrated when you don't. Like I, I can't tell you how many people say to me, like, "Oh, there you go, protecting Rob Thompson again," or like, "Hey, there you go, like never gonna criticize Kyle Schwarber," and I'm like, well, "Wait a minute, you know, like." Like, look at last night, for instance. Dylan Covey comes into that game in the ninth inning. It's 10 to 2. He faces five batters. He was terrible. He didn't get out anybody. People are like, what is Rob Thompson doing? I'm like, well, he's trying to win the game and he's trying not to burn another reliever because you got Taiwan Walker going tonight on extended rest. You have no idea what he's going to bring to the table right now. He's coming out of the gates. You can't get anybody out in his first inning of work. You don't know if he's going to give you a length tonight. So you don't want to burn another bullpen arm. So what do you do? You say like, Hey Dylan, like figure it out, man. Like just don't blow an eight run lead. And so he leaves him in there after the third batter, even though it's clear that he's totally lost because he's, he's trying to navigate like, dude, come on. Like you're better than this. You can get us three outs before you make this weird. Right. And by the fifth batter, he was like, okay, you've made it weird. I got to make a move now. But people are killing Rob for it. Like, what's he doing? Like, dude, like, he's not trying to cover your your Phillies parlay, your same-game parlay. He's, he's trying to manage a baseball team. And, like, people just – they want to hammer every single decision every single night. And every single game is a referendum on what the Phillies are or aren't, you know? And you just – you can't consume the game like that, even though, like – as a fan, like I get it. Like it's annoying to watch them go out and shit their pants on national TV on Sunday night, but you got to know this team well enough to know that like, yeah, guess what? They might drop 10 runs and take two out of three or sweep the giants this week because this is what they do. Yeah. yeah. But I said the baseball news cycle is just, I mean, you know, it's so short, you know, I mean, by the time you get up your, your piece on Monday morning, complaining about the Sunday, loss i mean you've got three hours until game time until the next game starts you know you're ripping trey turner and then by the time your story's been up for three hours he has two doubles already you know that's why you got to be careful what you tweet too because i mean how many times can you you you, if you tweet out every thought you have or every feeling that you have during a baseball game inevitably 
within 45 minutes, that thing that you tweeted is totally wrong. And it makes you look like an idiot and that you're like talking out both sides of your mouth. Like, yeah, I almost had one of those the other night. I was watching Messi playing the final of the game, not against the union, but in the uh, against the other team. And I'm like, I had my finger was on publish. I had my Nashville is doing a really good job against Messi right now. And then he scores like two seconds later. So I think <laughs> what I learned is just to not tweet at all. Yeah. I I, yeah. Listen. People didn't even get to their seats last night before Aaron Nola gave up a home run, and I just wanted to kill him. Right back to your point there. Like, you know what? Yeah. He's probably going to win this game. And guess Perfect what? example. Perfect example, though, because I'm watching that, right? And I'm, I'm thinking the same thing everybody else is thinking. Like, here we go again. He's been bad for six weeks now. I mean, he had not pitched a good game since the 4th of July against Tampa Bay. It's been disappointment after disappointment, and teams he's faced aren't even good. Like, they're not good offenses, and he's really struggled. And it's not just the home runs. Like, he's giving up more hits more runners on base like it, it doesn't look good and he comes out there he comes out there last night one nothing bases loaded one out and you're thinking like man he's gonna get his doors blown off again and if you you were letting the takes fly during that first inning like i can't fault you for that now of course he calms down and and does a really nice job for them but i mean that's a perfect example um let's uh it's almost one o'clock let's end it on an exercise um Let's play, uh, we'll call it legitimate or fraud, because there's it's still a cluster in the wild card behind the field. Everybody's talking about the Cubs. Um, Cubs, are they legit or not? Like legit as in, like, will they make the playoffs? Will, are, will they make the, will they be one of the wild cards? Here? That makes a noise. Yeah, I think so. You look at, like, run differential. Um, they're up there. Um, I like their offense. They, they have some interesting starting pitchers. The kid's steal is really good. Um that division stinks. I, I don't love this wild card field. I'll say that the, the Cubs are legit. San Francisco. I don't think so. I just think they've had too many injuries. I don't love their offense and their schedule down the stretch is brutal. And you just wonder, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but you wonder with the rest of that division, there's a couple other contenders in there. And I wonder if one of those other teams emerges over them. Well, one of them is up next, uh, Arizona. There's just not a lot of starting pitching depth there, uh, but they have like some really interesting offensive pieces. They they really struggled post All Star break. They're getting it together right now. I I think that they probably are a wild card team. Like so, you know, spoiler alert. Like I think it's it's Phillies, Cubs, Diamondbacks. I've been waiting for San Diego to make that move, and like they're they're running out of time. Every time I think like here we go, like don't count out the Padres. That's like my smart man's baseball take. Like, don't count out the Padres. Mm -hmm. And I just keep waiting for them to make a run over 10 games, and they can't do it. And They can still do it, but, like, it's got to be now, man. Did they screw themselves not selling at the deadline? Or are they just going to re-sign Soto, you think? I don't know what they're going to do. I understand. They they were so invested in trying to win this season. They aren't that far out of it. They weren't that far out of it at the deadline. Like, I don't don't fault them for, for trying to hang in the race here. Are they in the Otani race? I know he wants to be on the West Coast. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to pan out. You know, you, you kind of feel like it's going to end up being a West Coast team. So, like, you know, if they bring back Soto, like if, if Soto gets done long term, I don't think so. I mean, I think that that would be kind of take them out of the hunt there. But then, Kevin, I guess the other team is is what the uh, the, the Reds, the Reds in the market. Uh, yeah. I love I love the Reds. Like they're they're really fun to watch. Like if I wish I could actually see them more on a nightly basis. Uh, the, the starting pitching just isn't there. I don't think that they can they can pitch enough to hang in and. The Marlins, I, I don't know. They made a lot of trade deadline moves. They're trying. I, I 
I think they'll hang, but I think ultimately they might be the first team out. So you think that you think the division leaders are going to hold? I mean, well, Atlanta, Atlanta, and the Dodgers. You think Milwaukee yeah, I, winning the? I, I think there's a world where where Chicago can pass Milwaukee. I mean, mm-hmm. Milwaukee just does not hit. But you know, back of the bullpen's pretty good. They have some good starting pitching. That that one I think is probably going to go into late September in terms of who wins the Central. Yeah. So yeah. If, if the Phillies win the wild card. They'll play the Dodgers the first round, am I right? Or if the Phillies win the wild card, they host the fifth seed because the top two teams have buys. So three plays six, which is like last year. The Phillies were six, played the the central winner. So the Phillies would be the four seed hosting the five. So in my mind, it it ends up being, you know, probably Chicago if I had to guess right now. Mm. Phillies cause would be fun. I'll tell you this, like home field's going to matter for that playoff matchup. Like even if it's San Francisco that ends up as, as the other team, like I don't want the Phillies to have to go out and play San Francisco in a three game series on the road. Like, I don't think that that's a good matchup geographically. They struggle out there historically weird things happen in that stadium. I would want no part of that. And I wouldn't want them to have to go to Wrigley. Like I know they swept the Cubs out there uh, earlier this year, but I mean, Wrigley in the playoffs in October, like that's not an environment that I'd want to have to play in. I mean, this team, I think is they can handle it. Obviously they did last year in St. Louis, which is a good baseball environment, but I think you really want to try to get that four seed. I do think it's important. Cool. Have you got anything else? No, man, it's good. I'm, I'm looking forward to going down there, man. I haven't been down that game in a while. So great weather for it, dude. You're going to get a perfect night. Perfect. I know. Yeah. Hopefully not a lot of star Wars weirdos. <laughs> what am I saying? I like star Wars. So. Do you? I'm not going to dress up as like uh jar jar binks or anything but yeah i yeah like can i tell you i've never never seen a moment of any star wars movie other than like the credits or like the opening scroll like that's the only thing i know about star you too pagan you never like the originals you never saw saw, like a little bit of the darth maul one yeah i'm Uh, not a hater like i'm not yeah i'm not hating on people that are into that are into it i just yeah just haven't done it i've never i was a dork i was a dork growing up i played sports but i also played like magic cards you know, so I guess I hit the both sides of it, you know. So. Harry Potter guy. So Harry Potter. <laughs> I just watched Harry Potter for the first time uh, during COVID. You know, you that think? was like, yeah, that was like a, a COVID accomplishment for me. It was good. Great My movie. wife loves Harry Potter. So like, it was kind of forced upon me. But yeah, never, right. never done Harry Potter. Uh, never seen Titanic. Um, All right. I, just, I have a general, I have a general sense of what happened. Like, I think I know what happened, but you do. Yeah. You got a, you got a sense of the story. I'm good on it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. You just Wikipedia that one. I don't think you need to waste three hours of your time with Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio. She doesn't let them on the door at the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, all right. Well, hey, Bob, we appreciate you coming on, giving us our Phillies wrap and everything. We'll uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, we have a twofer on Thursday. We have the meanie from uh, from ECW, NWL, BWL, all that. And then we have Tim McManus, Eagles uh, reporter, coming on. So uh, we'll see you on Thursday. And we appreciate you uh, tuning in. Yeah.